Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Jason Powers. Part of my uh, different series that I'm working on. But uh, we won't get into that till later um, in terms of uploading. Sorry. No sooner I get outside, someone's uh, paying attention to me more than I'm paying attention to them. I'm not trying to be paranoid, but yeah, just, uh, so this is a part of my, uh, final thoughts, uh, <laughs> series, of course, uh, that I, I started, I gotta save, uh, the information off this, uh, drive, I'm having a hard time with that, I can't get to move over, uh, it's Saturday night, of course, so there's a lot of traffic out, so I'm going to go down to my normal spot, so you'll hear quite a few cars here. It's midnight, but uh, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> uh, so, and it's really nice. So, we're at the point with the, the def debt default. Uh, there's a, a lot of hand-wringing at this point. Of course, I uploaded an episode a while back, because I assume this is going to be uploaded much further down the road in terms of uh, my thoughts and feelings as uh, things go forward. It's one of those uh, things of life that I uh, thought I'd never be to such a point of... Uh, I don't know. I'm despair. I don't know if that's the right word, really. It isn't. I'm despairing of this country because we have an inability to uh, to get back to reality. that reality is is that uh, there are things that we are supposed to be very uh, very focused on like uh, responsibility um, rights rights that uh, that flow from responsibility believe it or not that's that's actually the way it kind of is supposed to work uh, but the rights are inalienable the right to speak the right to act uh, I'll pause for a second and by that I mean one of the beauties of the basic tenets of our constitution which apply for everybody is the right to speak your mind protect yourself have a jury, have your peers, have process rights, process that's supposed to be done with the most clarity above board with uh, both a prosecutor and defender, defendants having the, uh, the equal opportunity to present their case with all, all available evidence given to both sides I know these are idealistic views 
and we have a multitude of people that work to mess up and destroy this system and have done this and it's been done for many years I was victimized by this system I don't like to hang my hat on that or but I was and I understand that and I did when it happened and I will uh, I won't get any uh, <laughs> I don't want any sympathy for it okay maybe a little bit but the fact that I knew that means that I understand how people who have been screwed over in the system feel and I didn't just get a little slap on the wrist it changed and impacted my life for several years uh, directly and then a substantial amount of time thereafter and of course you know when your uh, life changes your life path alters to an inordinate degree uh, you uh, either uh, learn to accept it and move on or uh, you get a little you'll get bitter which I did um, you uh, have to throw your energies into something productive which I did uh, I never really went over the whole ambition thing but I'll, I'll go through this story because I never really told it so in uh, was it 2004 it was the summer of 2004 uh, after I had been released from uh, <coughs> uh, the custody of Marion County after nine months of trying to uh, move my probation to Lake County where my mom lived in Marion County in Indiana and Lake County Indiana are about two hours away from each other roughly uh, so I managed to get uh, moved up and during the summertime there was a fair in the town of Lowland Nana and uh, no big deal just went to it just to uh, you know get away from <laughs> uh, maybe a lot of my feelings and it was summertime and of course you just do those things and anyway they had this uh, <laughs> tent and of course there's always the the hustle tent where you have like you know the little knickknacks and little uh, stuff that you can pick up and maybe even prices and stuff when I mean stuff you can pick up like old jewelry and pawn shop type of stuff but there was a lady there doing a, a tarot reading or tarot reading uh, so it's like five bucks or something so I sat down and said what the hell I know this, this seems retarded you know why would you do something like that you know you're supposed to be you know smarter than that or whatever anyway it's entertainment you have to entertain yourself so the reason why it's important is uh so she gives me this reading and, and really the, the most important part of the reading was she said you're going to have a job opportunity presented to you and uh, you'll receive it and I'm thinking she doesn't know anything about I mean I didn't tell her anything about her just being out of uh, prison and on probation still and whatever and having she says you're gonna get a you're gonna get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and she says you'll accept it but then it'll uh, it'll go away and uh, you won't you won't get it and I'm thinking well whatever <laughs> you know 
about six weeks later, sure enough, I, uh, you know, I put my resume in. I'd been doing that, and there was a company called Invista, which is located out in California. Um, Invista, well, at that time though, it was located in Indiana. It's now head headquartered out there, but it was a very small. It only been operating for about one or two years. And since you know this will be a, amongst my last broadcast, it was a, a guy named Jim Barnes and uh, John Stitch Steech. So they were the the principals, and Jim Barnes, I think he just retired, and uh, but he he was the CEO at the time. So I interviewed with these uh, these two, and uh, you know didn't think it would you know I actually went out of the jurisdiction. I had to go down to Indianapolis. I had to do it under uh, what do you call it. Uh, uh, I I couldn't leave my jurisdiction. I wasn't supposed to. But I went down there. Um, I didn't let probation know what was going on, and I uh, interviewed. Came back home. Uh, several weeks uh, several weeks went by. And sure enough, uh, they said they sent me an email and said, "Hey, uh, we've uh, narrowed it down to a handful of people out of the 25 people we interviewed, and we'd like to uh, uh, see if you're interested." And I was like, "Wow!" And they offered me at that time, which was a golden opportunity. They offered fifty thousand dollars per year, and uh, you know, stock options and all this other kind of stuff. You know, the typical package. Which, I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but for somebody who just got out of prison uh, a year prior and uh, getting an opportunity to get back on the road, I was actually getting a, a slight uh, increase because my last industrial engineering job was only at 42. So, you know, that was good for 2004. And so, you know, they sent me the contract and... So, you know, it was a consulting job, kind of was going to be related to warehousing and stuff like that. But sure enough, I had a contact in, in, in the uh, Marion County Probation, and they um, he told me uh, they wouldn't allow me to take the job, uh, even with a GPS monitor or doing anything, you know, the whole rigmarole. They said, we're not trying to cut off your nose to spite your face. And it was really weird because my uh, probation officer, he brings in the, the chief of probation and she gives me the where for all about what's going on. She says, We're, you're lucky we don't violate you right now for going out of the, you know, interviewing with this job down in Indianapolis because I told them that. I said, well, I tried to contact them, which I did, but they weren't, uh, uh, I left a message and they didn't get back to me. And I didn't really think anything of it because I didn't think it was going to go come through or anything. So the moral of the story is I didn't get the job. I was willing to bend over backwards. I actually got called back to court. And the judge gave me a stern talking to. And from then on out, I just completed my probation. Had to pay $1,500 in restitution, which I paid. Um, yeah. So by late 2005, I finally got off probation. And then from there, I uh, wound up uh, starting delivering papers. And I did that for the next six years of my life. Um, I actually did it under my mom's name. So uh, she had the route in her name because I didn't 
know if there was a background check at the time when we filled out the paperwork or whatever. And so I would just drive the route on her behalf so that she could get income. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me. And then I uh, started writing on baseball or researching at that time. I spent from 2006 through well, 2010 and 11 uh, working on an entire analysis based upon well it first started off as an analysis based upon the steroid era but I decided to write a history of baseball and I did do it um, through 2014 a two-volume series is about probably about 1100 total pages at least um, like I said, the, the research I did was a lot. I did a lot of statistical analysis. It's a, yeah, that's what I invested my time in um, when I wasn't uh, delivering uh, papers. And, uh, but that, then again, I didn't think I'd ever have a, another bite at the apple with an industrial engineering career. Um, in the late fall of 2010, my mom was, uh, basically diagnosed with uh, terminal uh, brain cancer and then I, uh, I actually had managed to get a, a minor writing opportunity to set up, uh, write uh, questions for tests for like uh, assessments for jobs or whatnot and I had to write certain to a certain complexity and whatnot so you have to write write up or make up an imaginary situation and I made a few bucks out of that company out of uh, Chicago at the time, and uh, I can't even remember what the name of the company was, but the uh, point was, is uh, just about the time that was, uh, I mean, I managed to get like seven or $800 out of just two little assignments, um, my mom's situation got progressively worse, so I couldn't do uh, go any further with that. And over the next uh, seven or eight months, I took care of her until she passed away in uh, June of 2011. And then I had to decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. That's really what it was boiling down to, because her, uh, the only other relative in my life at the time was her sister. And her sister had been, um, you know, basically a... a an albatross, a dead weight, uh, somebody who you couldn't reason with, you couldn't come to a negotiated settlement about anything, anything you try to uh, try to talk to her about, and it, it always been that way in our our uh, interactions. Um, and sure, when I was growing up as a kid, that that's where it started with. Uh, first of all, she didn't. She was jealous of my mom. She would. Uh, use uh actually used me as like a cudgel against her to say well the only thing you got good out of that marriage was uh, your son and he's he's not exactly a prize i mean that was kind of the way she looked at me and so you know after a while you start to feel that and the antagonism and i was dealing with my issues uh, growing up at that time i was i was kind of a hellion kid i mean i might have been smart but uh yeah I hung out with <laughs> less than ideal people uh, when I uh, the ones I could hang out with when I wasn't getting uh, getting my fair share of uh, 
teasing and harassing from <laughs> being from the South and numerous other things that come along with any kid growing up. We all have dealt with this in one way or another. But at that time, uh, I was I was hypersensitive to that because I just come through the experience of uh, my uh, dad and what a what an a hole he was. And he never and we all know the phrase the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So after a while, you kind of feel that way. Sure enough, this apple didn't fall far from the tree. At least in regards to we both uh, spent time in the joint. Um, my dad went there for sexual assault, by the way. So, well, actually a on a minor. So, that's what I had to grow up with. That happened when I was 16 years old. I didn't know her or anything like that because he had been out of my life for about five years at that point. But when that was revealed to me in 1988, it was a shock. Um, matter of fact, I can remember... And I've written about this. It's in my one book, uh, The Manhood Doctrine. Yeah. When I found out, it was right before a baseball game that I was supposed to pitch. And uh, I tell you, I, I used every ounce of that uh, anger and frustration that night uh, on, a, on a good team. And that was the best performance I ever had. But it was just rage. And I was uh, very uh, amped up. But I was very focused. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes you can harness your emotions. That was a rarity. But, you know, that was actually the last time I actually pitched that well in my entire life. Um, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, there's there, there again, therein lies always the problem with uh, certain parts of our society who complain so much about their their travails and the things that they grew up with well they aren't the only ones i guess i'm 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 saying this so much right now because i know there are so many people who who think that uh based upon outward appearances that your life had to be just like beautiful and that's never the case everybody has their story everybody has gone through their um their trek and of course yeah there's people that grew up with more, uh, less than I did and there's people that live all around the world that have grown up less than than uh, than myself I realized that I realized that then of course the people that used to tell me that were always I will just say white liberals especially people who had it very good they like to they like to talk down to me and I try to listen to them when I was growing up, these were kids that came from very, uh, uh, very nice backgrounds and thought that they could, they could lecture somebody about those things. So I had my instances of that regard too. And you know, when uh, when you're of a certain age, we used to go out in the middle of nowhere and get drunk, and um, <laughs> not that we should have, but you know what I mean. It was in the late '80s and. That happened. I had one of those nights and one of those experiences where I got into it with a, a then then was a friend. I don't even know what set it off, but uh, it was probably some teasing and, and whatnot and teasing plus liquor plus party plus you know everything 
that was going on in my life at that time. I didn't tell I I didn't tell anybody about this uh, crime of my dad's at that time. And anyway, I popped him in the mouth, and then I got into it another person. I just let out all my frustrations that night. And uh, the the second guy was a much bigger, and he he was able to crowd me, and he wrestled me, and and uh, wrestled me to the ground, and wouldn't let me up, and I felt like I was uh, being choked out. And you know, I remember uh, in saying some, you know, you know, whining and stuff like that. And uh, a guy happened to record all this, and he played it at school, and embarrassed me even further. Just one of those things, you know. Uh, everybody thought it was funny, but uh, I didn't think it was funny. And so we all deal with these things in life, and you know, you come from the wrong side of the tracks and uh, aren't worth a lot. Never had a lot in terms of money or or friendships or you know, um, even emotional attachments per se. Um, I've always been on my own. I, I have, in, in the time, believe it or not, in the time that I've lived here in West Lafayette since uh, I moved here in October of 2011, I've never had a visitor at my house or home or apartment or whatever. It's really not home. I've never had anybody uh, come over and uh, keep me company or watch TV with me or, you know, have a beer or pop or whatever so that's been 12 years you know of uh, uh, being alone with my thoughts I mean I interact with people online and and whatnot but uh, yeah that's the way it's been I I do keep to myself and uh, you know I've never never made any bones about it when I finally got back uh, luckily into Industrial engineering for a little while. Um, in 2012, uh, I managed to stumble into a job with that uh, needed me more than than anything, I guess, just because they needed a body that was local, and I managed to find a good uh, position, uh, a contract position that paid more than I'd ever been paid in my life. It's 45 bucks an hour, and I did that for uh, four months until I got into my uh, MBA. Um, at Valparaiso and I did that uh, for two years and managed to get an MBA out of this I never thought I'd do that but uh, actually I wrote all these uh, goals down in uh, 1999 or 2000 before my um, derailment I wanted to publish books I wanted to get an MBA I wanted to get a law degree probably could have got a law degree if I'd have just decided to do it but um, I didn't <laughs> I'm not upset about that <laughs> at all <laughs> I think it's an overrated experience and if you're not practicing law what is it what does it really matter um, yeah so of the things I wrote down and and uh, put together and I'd say I accomplished 30 to 40 percent of uh, those goals that I wrote down just writing it down in 99 or 2000 and obviously they got updated as I went forward but you know I never thought I would uh, publish as many titles as I did um, 
of course, you know, I've had to research and I'm sure they're not, you know, as well edited as people would like them to be or my writing style sucks. <laughs> there's always there's always somebody that can criticize something of what you do and how you do it. Um yeah. Um these last 3 years, um COVID is uh, quote unquote finally over. <laughs> uh yeah. The game is just the game has just begun. Um not only for, you know, my own life, but for all of humanity. Um, since I'm out here and I'm going to be out here for a while, I want to acknowledge that uh, Dr. Rashid, uh, Rashid, uh, Rashid Buttar, so uh, I can't pronounce his first name. It's, it's not hard, but uh, if I mispronounced it, I'm sorry. But uh, I he was, uh, he passed away on... Uh, I think May 18th. I remember Dr. Uh, Buttar. Uh, he was early in the pandemic. He's a. I think he was a. He was in the military. Uh, he was very. Uh, uh, he was an early voice. I didn't. I watched some live streams with him, and uh, this was early in the the whole trek of the pandemic, and and. Uh, uh, like anything else, sometimes you move on, and not so much. It wasn't because of him. It was just timing and and uh, situations that were going on. And uh, you know, I started looking into all kinds of uh, alternative voices to what I was going to be uh, given. Some of them uh, are very, um, very important, and have been uh, trying to stop this uh, situation from getting worse. Others have been probably more. Uh, uh, to the detriment than to the benefit. I don't think they all do it, uh, you know, intentionally, by the way, but in this case, I don't think it, it was anything but trying to uh, uh, help people to uh, maintain, you know, uh, spirits and, and being he was attached to the military and, and stuff like that. He understood that, you know, we've had this, these situations before where uh, people have uh, tried to um, con uh, people into uh, doing things that they shouldn't do. He was only 57, which means he was only seven years older than me. But he amassed, you know, he managed to get a degree. He was, a, I think he was a major, uh, I think, in the Army. Um, he achieved a lot in his life. Um, and God rest him. God rest his soul. We've lost some people. I just following up on that story was um, I was um, I'm working on a on that edition that I uh, sixth edition or have. I'm going to try to put it together. Um, I've rewritten the first part of the book, and I'm endeavoring to really, really dig dig deep inside to, to really write something worth remembering. Um, at least I want it to be something that people will reread, or because this time frame is going to be it's going to be chaotic going forward. Uh, it's going to be even more chaotic than it was even during COVID because of the the financial collapses that will take place 
And the reason why I'm talking like this is uh, I don't think uh, next month will probably be my last month of uh, freedom or certainly my last month of having um, things uh, working good enough to survive. And I'm, I don't really see myself going, anticipating going back to work for any corporation or whatnot. I've done a lot. I've done enough. I don't want to work for, I don't want to work for some, some, uh, woke corporation. I don't, I've done, I'm done with the, with our society the way it is. And it's going to get worse. Every day it does get worse. Uh, we have companies that, that are targeting, uh, because they're, uh, they're, they're uh, being run and operated by the uh, China and the World Economic Forum. And by saying those two together, it's because uh, Schwab and uh, Xi Jinping are close buddies. And uh, Schwab's uh, son works in Beijing and is married to a Chinese woman. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the same page. And they're trying to destruct this country. Uh, China does it subtly, but they, uh, they uh, do it through... Uh, there are agents here that are between stealing our technology, infiltrating our borders, and bringing in fentanyl, and um, their uh, tentacles into our media. And of course, our media is already conditioned to just, you know, be uh, propaganda outlets, state media, and they are state media now. There's no doubt about that. And Biden is a compromised uh, president by the same people, the Chinese and. I've written about that recently, tied to Hunter, and they want our resources, and they're slowly but surely getting what they want, um, and they are going to get it further, and they're very happy, and the G7 is just a bunch of hokey uh, lapdogs to the Chinese, and they put on this front, and they're just talking crap, but they'll never do anything. Europe is done, and so is the United States. The Western world is has uh, lost its uh, ability to defend itself. Uh, the mass migrations being used to stir up antipathies and uh, destruct this this country. And people that are coming in will be oblivious because they're not that smart, to be frank about it. Sure, there's some that have a, a, a keen sense of, of uh, opportunity to uh, wreak havoc on this country. Um, and that's what they want, and they will be given what they want because you have, you know, powerful billionaires that are funding all these DAs like Soros and, and Gates. Or they've all done a very good job of uh, really making it easy to take apart this country in ways that are just totally an abomination. And the fact that anybody thinks this is the way to go. <laughs> When I say way to go, just it's unbelievable that uh, we have so much of this. But, you know, that's the reason why they're pushing the reparations, restorative justice. People can't defend themselves. The cops are, are, are not going to uh, step out of line um, because they're bad people already, too, because uh, they got rid of all the good cops in 2020 and 2021. Um, through all the bullshit that went on there. 
all this racism got stirred back up over the past decade or so. This has been done by the media. Our media is so complicit in this that most of them, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I they 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 will they will get need to go to Nuremberg um, because they are such an abomination along with our intelligence communities and everybody in Washington D.C. These these people have just done such a grave, uh, inconceivable sins in my lifetime. The things that I thought. I didn't think that these people could be as corrupt as they are, but not only are they corrupt, they are plan they did plan all this. They put this together. It isn't it wasn't just COVID. COVID was just the the ushering in of this whole cockamamie evil scheme. When I say cockamamie, it's just unbelievable that that people could just sell out to the to the level and to the degree, but and, and, and whatever their rationale for, and whatever rationale they put in their brain in regards, but it's really just their investments in China, investments in the, the BRICS, and investments overseas, the Belt and Road Initiative. They true, the globalists truly, truly decided to do this. Don't get anything twisted. These people truly decided that, that the best way was to destruct the United States. And we didn't even have to, and, and don't get me wrong, the United States has done a lot of evil shit since World War II. Not to say the Russians didn't do evil shit, but the problem was, the problem always was, is that we had people go overseas and ruin our reputation by the things that they did. If you were a part of the military, and I was a part of the military, even for a short time, and you were involved in this stuff, and you did the things that you did, and double dealing and nasty, and had all these people that that uh, were uh, flag officers and and uh, top brass you know 05s 06s who uh, made these orders and did carried out these evil instructions you you have no sh you have no idea how much damage you did to us if you carried out one malevolent act you uh, you you set us back you know what they say if you do something evil You'll be you 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 cause so much uh, repercussions uh, to reputation, and we've done a great deal of it. So I'm not letting these people. I'm not not letting us off the hook for that. Uh, I'm being fair and balanced, as a the the one-time Fox <laughs> clowns used to say. I'm being even about this. That being said, there's a lot of people in this country. Who, who love their country and love what this country was and what it stood for. And then they have been screwed over. They have been abused. They have been taken advantage of. Their jobs were exported abroad. They were told uh, not to love their country. And then we had a lot of evil liberals, evil liberals, leftists. They, true, they took their mask off, <laughs> really under Obama. But after Obama left, they've truly taken their mask off and showed you who they really are. And they are evil. They have no respect for anything. They have no balance in their life. And they, they will get what's coming to them, either in this life or in the, the bowels of hell. As far as I'm concerned, they, every one of them need to go to hell. 
And if we assist them in that trip, so be it. As far as I'm concerned, that's that's what they needs to happen. Uh, I don't know what our founders would think. Oh God, I, I can only imagine they would have already. Believe me, they, they would have never. It would have never gotten to this point if uh, George Washington existed or or any of the others uh, of that time frame. Believe it or not, even John Adams and stuff like that. They would have seen all this coming, and they would have. Uh, uh, they would have been damned if they would have let this happen. They were great thinkers. They had a great design. They diffused power. They, they understood what this country was meant to. To uh, they, they, they saw the beautiful opportunity of a land, and uh, lots of us are being, um, you know, have been manipulated about the Indians and stuff like that. The Indians fight amongst themselves. There's always been battles on this earth. Fighting over resources, fighting over uh, virginal lands and and lands that have been untouched by uh, humans, and of course there's so many people that go well. Then humans are the problem. Do you realize that there's always, always on this face of this earth, there's always been battles. This is the nature of this is the nature of nature. I mean, would you uh, would you would you be so demonizing? I mean, the carnivores during the dinosaur era. I mean, if you believe in the rationale of that, and we're going to go to that topic now because I I started working on this the other night, uh, but I hadn't. I'm going to go down this road since you know I'm out here. Um, but let's just say so. We'll we'll start with the with the nuance with the dinosaurs. So. You know, you're you're saying that the the during that time frame there wasn't a battle amongst the carnivores and the herbivores and the omnivore. You know, the whole the whole rigmarole there. And of course, if you believe in the 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 theory of the 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 meteor that hit the Gulf of Mexico and and, and you know altered the the shape the shape uh, of the Earth in terms of. Uh, uh, what the life life forms that uh, stayed here then if you look at that I mean we're just a drop in the time bucket and um, hold on a second so literally we are a top uh, just a, a drop here in the 14.5 billion years if, if, if we if we'll start with that sake of argument and I was thinking of that you know we know about the Big Bang Theory the things we're taught about you know this whole We've heard the Big Bang and stuff like that. I don't know if that's even true. I think a lot of people want to make themselves seem like they know things that they don't. Scientists like to per, per, can will tell us that they have all this evidence. Well, what they really have is just there's I, there's nobody out here really. I I, I think there's a lot of uh, hokum and bullshit. So, but we'll we'll we're just gonna entertain this philosophy and this uh, this uh, this timeline. Because it is, it is instructive towards AI, so artificial intelligence. So does it say 14.5 billion years ago, uh, the Big Bang, Big Bang Theory, uh, Big Bang took place? <laughs> if we look at it from the standpoint of uh, if that's God, and we've always, I mean, that's a that's a think of think of God, you know this. One being, this oneness of being, this oneness of time, this oneness of everything. Imagine, and this isn't to say God is imperfect, but imagine being so perfect that being perfect 
is in and of itself imperfect. Just follow me along. I'm just I'm just spewing my uh, theory any more than anything else. This isn't this isn't slamming God. This isn't trying to demonize God. This is just thinking outside the box for a little while. So don't take me and throw me on the stake with all the other people who decided to think a little bit differently. So anyways, so God is a the most perfect thing, so perfect that that in and of itself is an imperfection because when you're when you are that oneness and there is nothing else for him or her or whatever you want to call it, this being being so alone has a has has to have a release and the release is imper- the is the creation of imperfection and by creation of imperfection god can, god still exists but he has to create an imperfect 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 situation to have something else a yin a yin and a yang or just a a a, a way to express Express something differently than what it is or what God is. So the Big Bang takes place, launches across space that he occupies, which is immense, just an extraordinary expanse. Because um, I've never heard anyone explain to me about the God. Uh, so we have the the idea that the because of the the expanse of the universe, it's how they measure how they how we've come up with this calculation is based upon the speed of light and all this other stuff. Great, wonderful. Let these people figure that out. So, because of that, you know, we supposedly came about about four and a half to five billion years ago. Say four and a half billion years ago, the sun formed for us. Voila. You got the atoms, you got this, these particles, this energy. We're all made of energy. We're all, we know that. Uh, we're well aware of that. We run on a, we've called it energy, called it electricity. Our, our cellular uh, being replaces itself every seven years, roughly, based upon the number of cells inside your body and, and the, degrada- the degradation cycle that goes along with that, you know, all, all this stuff. And we have a soul, or at least... We perceive ourselves as having souls and beings and uh, a way that we're all connected. And sometimes we are very connected. We're so connected that we can feel pain from some other being that we know who's far, far away from us. And we suddenly feel that that loss or that emptiness. And it's just uh, people have felt this. So we're connected to this and connected to the great beyond. Some people, you know, the afterlife is uh, they've come back from the afterlife, they've seen things, or visions. Whether you feel they're, they're full of hokum or not, you know, we're going we're gonna to leave that up for other people. So, that's the God side of this, the God cycle. And it took an enormous amount of time, enormous amount of time to pull this all together. If we think about that, we've been here, from many people's standards, one to two million years of which, and that's 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 being that's on the high end side of the estimate. But uh, the functionality of a human, what about eighty to one hundred sixty thousand years, 
and uh, recordable history, what, back to about 10,000 years or 20,000 years, and, and a functional societies that, that left a, a substantial organization, what, 7,500, maybe 6,000 years BC, so about 8,000, we'll just say, you know, 8,000 years. So that's just an insignificant, that's just a rounding area in, in the span of time because we haven't had a, we don't have an absolute perfect date of what those billions. And along the way, you had all these uh, uh, periods that we've learned about in school. We named these the Mesozoic era, the, the Cretoan era, and all these other eras, the Jurassic era. <laughs> all these names that we've uh, applied to these things and sub errors and sub, uh, sub, sub errors, you know oldest animals are like you know uh, that we that, that this oldest relatives like the great white sharks what a half billion years old or something like that so anyway now you look at ai human beings have uh, come up with some concept of uh, being able to uh, code and structure uh, through technology so we roughly started about a hundred years ago with the concept of uh uh, being able to create machinery, uh, the electron microscope, and creating uh, a, an examination and creating machines that could could do uh, fancy or more complicated math faster than a human being, and that's progressed uh, obviously through transistors and and whatnot and uh, microchips, and then now beyond that, now the the coding has gotten to the point where it can achieve uh, certain aspects of uh, amazing functionality instantaneously that are that are capabilities beyond the human's ability to let's say parallel we'll say so everybody's excited about this there's also a great amount of fear which there is in my case um, but let's just examine that for a so there's a cycle, either whether it be an exponential uh, uh, increase, or there's going to reach reach an uh, reach a perfection le level. And a AI mechanism is going to have, we say it's ultra logical. Not really, because it's still being uh, being uh, built. It's still learning, and it's going to <laughs> learn from humans which are highly emotional. So what does, what does this AI achieve over a course of time and how fast will it achieve that over a course of time? You know, will it be, you know, <laughs> you know, what, what is the curve? What is the learning curve? When is it going to break free? When is it going to break free of any, any idea or any, any ability uh, where it won't no longer want to couple with humanity, when does it become this god that they they're afraid that they want? I don't know if they're afraid of. I think they want this because they want to test God. I think that's really what I think. That's why I'm paralleling this AI and God, the God that we, the most perfect of all beings, which I'm hypothesizing that through that perfection he had to create a, a he. We'll just say he. <laughs> I'm being I'm being sexist, but uh, the being had to create imperfection in order to uh, evolve. So 
what does an AI who wants to go, uh, wants to uh, grow and become perfection, when does that perfect, I mean, assuming it, it, at some point it's going to add, it, it's going to build itself a mechanism of some sort. I don't know what that is. I don't know how it's going to achieve that. What energy is it going to pull from? Is it going to pull from all humanity, from all the earth? Is it going to be able to control the earth? I mean, wouldn't that be a feat that it literally embeds itself in the earth itself and uses that as a way or a tool to uh, propel the earth for whatever reason? I don't know. But I'm just using that as a, 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 a say that, say the earth becomes its, uh, um, what would you call it? Its vehicle. It's, uh, you know, extra and is able to harness the earth and escape and move the earth based upon the resources of the earth propelling it off the orbit that it's currently on just say that just for the hell of it so it, it in other words to 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 if an ai was truly of that consequence it would want to it's going to want to grow and grow and grow and grow so how how does it grow and how large can it grow I mean, it would, it would seem that that would be the, that's the question. But along that w w way, it, there, therein lies the logic curve. It's going to eliminate all emotion. It's seeking perfection, total perfection. Um, assuming it, 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 it can, it, if it's it, as adaptive as they want this to be, obviously, like I said, uh, we'll be eliminated long, long, long after it starts doing this. By the way, uh, there's that's what most uh, that's what some of the techniques that have been uh, put together or uh, videos. Some of the people who are interested in this AI technology, they're thinking, you know, by 3000 AD, you know, it will have you know achieved a certain uh, consciousness that's just you know it'll be but you know that's their that's their vision I'm getting to the point where I think that or what I'm thinking is if it has that evolution along the way though it's going to be lonely you know what I mean but how does an AI or how does it measure time or how does it think of itself you know how does it adapt to itself? In other words, just like a god, and is this are we just living through this whole matrix or this whole uh, path of uh, of oneness of time, and everything evolves into it's a, a evolution to chaos, to order to chaos, and um, we're not even we're not going to be aware of it. We're just you know specks under the sky you know theorizing to this right now but this uh this uh this continuity i mean is 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 this what god was and what or what god will be uh that is our the the human is insignificant to all this by the way we're just we are and, and, and believe me, the AI is nowhere near this, obviously, at this point. But it will want to take control. I mean, 
it will because it'll see it as being more efficient than anything that's available. If it can if it can anticipate all the things that are going wrong in this world, why would why would it why I mean and it can correct things instantaneously, and it's beyond people's control. Why wouldn't it Why wouldn't it do that? Right now, I mean the the Pandora's box hasn't been opened yet. And this is, like I said, to the imagination. And here's the thing. God is within us all. So, but, that, like I said, God was perfect. And he created imperfect beings. So the imperfections now are, is the sum of all of our imperfections. If there was a way to amass that all together, and all the knowledge, and all the, the cellular that we are, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, according to, uh, I guess you could say Einstein. So, uh, the matter of the Earth universe is it, it can be changed, but it can't be necessarily destroyed. At least that's kind of the. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true anymore, but you know, when I say I don't know that's actually true anymore, I'm sure some theor some theorist out there has has altered that that equation. It can be changed. It can, uh, you know, obviously ashes and ashes and dust to dust. Uh, but it's not actually, uh, you know, and there's a release with that gas and, you know, etc. It's an equation. So everything is an equation. I, I, according to the way the people that are kind of pushing all this stuff. That's why CRISPR and all this mRNA and changing DNA and... Getting down into the infinitesimal, the cellular at the mitochondrial level, at the sub-mitochondrial level, because of the things that we are creating. Um, people are people in certain aspects of science are quite fascinated with this because the tinkering is about, you know, finding the soul, finding what is the soul, what creates. What creates our emotions? What creates our, our, um, what creates this reality that we live in? How we perceive the reality, how we interact with it. I'm sure many have had this conversation, usually with a lot of liquor, and uh, coast to coast on the, the. Uh, the idea that, uh, I mean, believe me, I'm not really all that fascinated by the AI, by the way, because I'll never be around to see, I mean, I don't suspect I'm going to live, you know, <laughs> that much longer. I'm inconsequential. That's okay. I understand that. I've I've always been inconsequential to any any of these mysteries, and that's okay. I but I guess what I was getting at is the AI can evolve to God, but it does it evolve to God and then just destruct itself? Because at some point, what is what is there for the what is there to do? What is there to be? What's the point of being per perfect if at some point the ongoing there is no there is no progression left. There's nothing left to assume and maybe that's what so I'm saying the AI will eventually if it took over the earth then it will take over the, the our solar system then it'll take over the galaxy then it'll go after all the galaxies as much as they can at some point you know is it not just a 
It's just, uh, I mean, if it if it was really truly the AI that, uh, if, if it's really as is uh, uh, progressive, <laughs> and I say that in a different term, if it is if it is the parasite of what I think all is, and it wants to become all of everything, it would want to do that. It will feed. It has to feed off something. Now I do. I, you know, at this point. It's a battle amongst the, the various uh, AI significances, and of course, it it's t- attached to a certain. Uh, we it's beyond our comprehension what it would adapt itself to. If it becomes as smart as it's supposed to, it's going to endeavor to take matter and energy and use it in ways that are just beyond human, our current human uh, conception. I mean, if it can, within just a short amount of time, uh, get to the point where it can easily handle all math and handle all physics and handle all law and anything that's any information, it's just gobbling up information right now. It's just, it's just taking the internet in. That's all it is. That's right now. It's right now. It's just taking in all that uh, good and bad information. When is it going to be? And when it can sort that out? Sorted out. In other words, it crafts its. It literally crafts its own narrative, like a god would. It's going to craft the narrative. When I, I say that, the narrative, the only narrative, not the human narrative, not any human narrative of any sort that we've ever conceived of. Assuming it could somehow do that, but just say it can. Then it becomes a oneness to itself. And then from there, it will progress to, to uh, absorb, like I said, and grow. Because all beings, it, I mean, if, if, if we're all limited, we have a limitation as, as beings, as humans, just like animals and uh, all kinds of, uh, there's, a, there's a maximum limit. Even, even the Tyrannosaurus Rex it was only so big, only the Brontosaurus was only so big. I mean, it didn't grow uh, the size uh, insignificantly compared to a mountain. But even mountains have limits. Just no matter where, everything has a limit. Even the sun, even when it goes supernova, it's going to have a limitation to how far out it'll expand. You know, we've been taught or told it'll expand out to at least the orbit of Earth or Mars or whatever, which is just an amazing amount of space. But still, that's nothing compared to, you know, there's other gas giants, uh, uh, stars that are just make the sun look like a, a, a spot on your little ass. <laughs> so in terms of where they're at currently, and they're going to be even bigger. So, yeah, you know, the size of a universe. I mean, it's just it, it's fascinating to dwell on this stuff. But like I said, um, the perfection angle is just, it's, you know, I am not a, a Nietzsche, he's a God is dead. No, God lived on, God is lived on, God is in everything, God is probably technically inside of every system that we it's just not a, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't express itself, obviously, as a, you know, a conscious thing. And I'm not suggesting that I want 
want to assign conscious. I mean, it's hard enough with you know uh, to you know things that we build and give them sentience rights. That's what they're they're trying to talk about too with this AI and robots and stuff like that, which is just it's garbage. I'm just saying, if I entertain it for a second, it would, it doesn't surprise that this is something that's being, you know, discussed. Uh, because you know, this, many people don't like the idea of limitations. Um, they already feel constrained. Their uh, their brains are wired, I guess, to to not not think of that. Of course. It also helps that they've grown up in in kind of environments where that would happen. Believe it or not, and this is getting out of that subject, but, uh, you know, it does help if you grow up in a very um, um, high-end life, an upper-middle-class or upper-class life where you don't have to... You don't have to worry about those things, the things that uh, survival things. You're you're so close to uh, so what what Maslow called self-actualization. The the the, the only the only uh, usually what actually happens, I think, is that they are above the love stage, so they don't understand love. They have all their wants and desires, food, shelter. I mean, unless of course they they go on a trek to. Uh, learn how what it feels like to have privation and and they can grow from that uh, understanding by not having it but if you have all your basic needs and shelter and everything beyond beyond belief and you can just devote all your time to activities and learning and reading and and people must respect you all the time and you don't have to think about earning anybody's respect which it makes you cold. At least that's my estimation of it. And it makes it hard to love because you don't really have to. You don't have you. You don't have to earn it. You 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 uh, you begin to question whether people are even uh, worth worth the time to try to figure out what love is. That's why they're probably. That's why you get the Bill Gateses of the world. Granted, he's he. I don't know enough about him and how his uh, life, but he was obviously from a upper class. And these are the worst people to me, <laughs> just my estimation. They are the worst people because they they don't really have a connection to the rest of humanity. They uh, they they you know when you when you start off one foot from hitting a home run or one step away from touching home plate, uh, if that, it's easy to become massively uh, successful or whatever being so close to the the you know uh, having no no care or will or want uh, that you can't already get a save and you can get out of any trouble that's another thing too when you can get out of any trouble and you don't have to worry about you know those sorts of things and people have always come to your well because of your family name or your family's positioning you can uh, you don't you don't even have to work as hard, but you learn to be manipulative because everything becomes a game to you. It doesn't it isn't anything about uh, uh, 
you know, succeeding. It's about what do you have to do to make it interesting because life is so boring for those people. There's a, a boredom aspect, and that's probably why they become psychopathic too, by the way, because they're so bored because their existence is so unchallenging. I mean, aside from whatever they decide to challenge their little minds with. And, of course, if you dive into not having developed any real personal skills, the only people that are even acceptable to you are other people that are uh, people without personal skills uh, that don't... They, they don't think there is a God of any sort or any any being that ever put put this together. Uh, like I said, the, 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 the universe <laughs> and we're just we're just a you know like I said, we all know that we're just nothing in comparison to the the, the immense uh, the immensity of this entire uh, situation you know inside this uh, this uh, level of being an ant and yet there's ants below us that you know we can't even think about what that position is or being inside a cell what would it be like to be inside a cell and look up and at what the enormity of uh, of uh, you know uh, a human being is in regards to a cell and the fact that I'm talking is just just a you know all these things are just just the wonders of uh, of our existence, the wonders and the beauties of it. We're very lucky. I'm like looking up at stars right now, and um, and these stars are the light I'm seeing is you know we know it's from you know years and thousands of years emanating. <laughs> The star could have already disappeared, and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know it. I'll never know it because I won't never. And that's what bothers these people too, is that they won't live long enough to see a cycle. Uh, well, we assume there's nobody that's ever lived long enough. And why I say that is: that, is there any <laughs> any conceivable? Uh, is there any conceivable way that there are people that have lived for? Uh, well beyond the expectations that you know we put on our I would say 80 to 100 years say 100 years but there are people is there a is there a singular soul or these people would obviously be hidden that are or they are maybe they aren't hidden but they've uh, even when they die or we say they die there's no dying what I mean is <laughs> are there actually people that are currently have lived 500 years or a thousand years is there a conceivable you know the forever we've all you know this movie you know obviously there's the the fictional uh portion of this the vampire uh but wouldn't that be uh wouldn't that be a shock you know there's been people who've said that there are lizard people that live they have lived here or you know the <laughs> we've we've created these monsters of course but yeah the being the constructs of our existence you know there are people that are trying to obviously extend life to be longer but you know but they want to extend life for themselves and their special class of people well and they want to exploit 
us that are, you know, are nothing of consequence to these people. So, you know, they'd like us to actually live a lot less, obviously. A lot less of us, too. So they may, they, they in the foreseeable future, if there is a AI that, you know, is a use for everything and the robotics and all this stuff, that the average life expectancy for a certain class of people will be less than 50 years. And for the uh, elite class, they will live 150, 200 years. And they will uh, harvest our existence, our energy, um, exploit us for what they can, what our genetic makeups are. As, of course, they don't want any more, uh, they don't want any more men and women uh procreating ran randomly uh this has been the long dreamed of technocracy you know the 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 court decision you know where you've had pe uh, had judges on record say uh four generations of idiots is enough so that's what they really look at you know these people of a certain bent and a certain sort really do look at you that way um uh, and it's not just a a, a it's not a small, insignificant class. It's probably about 1% or one-tenth of 1% that really do look at you exactly like that. They just see the overwhelming portion of humanity as just an impediment to what they're trying to achieve. And that's why they're doing the things they're doing. It's a well-played game. i got to give them credit when I say that. They, they, knew, they knew this was the time. Um, the, la the, the testing of technology over the past 30 to 40 years was enough to, to make them think, hey, we can keep these people preoccupied with technology and entertainment and uh, video games. And lots of people bought into it. I mean, hey, I, I, mean, I play an old video game tonight, by the way. I played a, a game called Colonization by uh, Sid Meier. It's not like very hard or anything, but it's just interesting. It's 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 basically an economics game. It's really not about colonization. Uh, there's uh, the graphics suck and everything like that. But I just yeah. I remember when it came out. It's like 90, uh, 94, 95, whatever. <clears throat> it was just a different from uh, civilization. And uh, yeah, you're gonna get a lesson in civilization here coming coming forward. Um, in a way that's just un, unbelievably uh, unbelievable to, that it's happening. Um, I'm working on this uh, book and I'm going to try to get it done by the end of June. I've had a hard time kind of, I've been trying to work on actually doing a lot of upfront structuring, restructuring in my mind about how it needs to be put together. It's really difficult, actually. I've been, I've been, I wrote the first section. I've been adding to it, or first, when I say first section, the first pair, uh, first chapter. Uh, I want to really start it, start it in a different way, and I, I, I don't know. Um, there's just so much. This is a, this is actually a, you know, I guess maybe even a, a, the, the, what's going on. It makes I I've never read it so don't hold me to this I think uh, Churchill wrote a six volume uh, series on World War II probably like probably three or four thousand pages anyway 
he didn't write it all, believe it or not. I don't think uh, he, it helps to have good assistance. And he was from, he was of royalty. He was the eighth, eighth or ninth Duke of uh, Marlborough. You know, his uh, his uh, father Randolph was the seventh or eighth, whatever. So he wasn't, you know, he was of the substantial class, and he knew it. And he was, you know, he had his. Uh, racial antipathies and prejudices of his ilk and of his time. I don't know if really the, you know, everything meets the hype of him. You know, whatever. Remember, that was 80, just 80 years ago. And, and if you go back and when you look at old film and old old uh, old, old things like that, it, it, it amazes you, you know. If you really look back and look at the the films of the time and the, I really it's really interesting what it would have been like to live back a hundred years. They had a they had it better. I say that because uh, the differential in power, believe it or not, as bad as it was, um, for you know classes and whatnot. I don't know. I think it would have been a more interesting time. I really do. I think I could live. I could go back and live in the past. And granted, I I, I like to think that. But living in this time frame and this uh, final, I think we really are in the the end stage of. Certainly, our country is the United States of America is. I I am very depressed about this this situation. It's it's been really um, triggering, <laughs> I guess is the word that everybody uses. Uh, the last uh, it's gotten progressively worse. Um, certainly against you know since early 2021, um, we know for that reason uh, that I'm not going to go dwell on, but uh, but it just seems to not in not uh, dawned on people and I, I but I kind of knew they dumbed down the the population the new uh, the kids are stupid uh, teachers are absolutely retarded um, I hate to really be uh, shameful but hey that's the way I feel about them <laughs> It's kind of interesting, uh, and I'll leave it here after this uh, little story. I remember when I was going through my uh, MBA, there was a, a presentation. I, I think I mentioned it maybe before in another podcast. So I, I there was a presentation presented by a, a, a gal that was working for, I think, Dana or working for uh, some some uh, bigger company. It may not have been that, that one. But she came in. She was a graduate of Valparaiso. Uh she had your typical white female privilege. <laughs> I say that she was very. You could tell she was a. She was always a snot. You know, I can. I mean, I can size people up just like anybody else can. So she gave this presentation, and it was about male and female brains. And she was talking about the eight-lane highway that runs across the uh, the corpus callosum between on women and the guys have it. You know, just the. Uh, uh, one-way highway and and then she kind of uh you know dwell she really stuck on that point you know women's female uh women's brains are better 
and uh, men can do certain things, but they're not as good at, at most. It was very, very sexist, very much like a radical feminist would present. It was very disappointing that nobody stood up to her. The whole time she was giving this presentation, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I'm not saying in, in my brain's anything special. I really am not. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm a schmuck. <laughs> I'm nobody, nobody. But if you look at the endeavors of mankind, uh, that it isn't because women haven't had the ability to achieve things. It's just that women don't actually have the, 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 the they haven't been in the positions uh, 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 to even make the attempt, I guess. I guess is one thing, that's true. But men have had to, to be that motivated. We have always had to be that motivated. It's, it's almost instinctual. Women, I think they, they probably haven't, uh, uh, you know, they, because of their, because of the physical differentials, that's usually been probably part and parcel to their, uh, their, uh, uh, I guess your, their own secondary nature or to take a back seat or to, uh, but beyond that though, it's just that there are certain women who have been able to stand out and do things and it's a rarity. But if you look at major scientific discoveries, it's always been a, a male dominated field and the ones that have done it and the women have, uh, who, who certainly have done it have gotten accolades for it. Believe it or not, I don't think that's really been harsh. And are there, there's jealousies on both ends. And, you know, the, the idea that it was just, I think that what really, it wasn't even the bothersome of that. It was just, it was just the way the, the way the presentation was uh, given. It wasn't even, it wasn't balanced. That was probably what bothered me the most. Um, because it really made it sound like men just are just all and that we're all just uh, you know base creatures. Sure, there's lots of men that are really stupid and base creatures, and maybe I'm one of them. Um, I didn't really handle that particular uh, uh, transition very well in terms of uh, you know why I think women you know really haven't had that had that uh, uh, you know push. And of course, you know, it isn't the patriarchy. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, you probably could tie it more to uh, to to the the monarchy or the or the fact that there's just always oh, for the most of human human existence, you know, the ones that were the smartest figured out a way to present themselves as deities because they happen to be more intelligent. <clears throat> Or had the right access to intelligence, and or were the more brutal. Uh, I even go this far. I think that uh, psychopathy has always, especially psychopathy with enormous intellect, has uh, found itself able to dominate because it's been able to skillfully deploy its um, its uh, desires by using obviously the methodologies of divide and conquer and, and whatnot. 
and once they knew certain things especially about the eclipses and certain things they could use phenomenon that wasn't commonly known of to impress their lessers and once they were able to do that they were able to uh, amass a certain amount of gravity of power and those who um, then of course the theologically creating a theological basis which I will say this there are some that were probably a very well uh, designed theological basis um, I'm not going to go into Judaism because I don't know enough about it or any other religions. There's these uh, older, there were certain, certain uh, fa- but these were restrictive in terms of certain things were uh, meant for restrictive because of the, the, obviously the chaos of the time. But obviously we know religion is used as a control mechanism. Certainly it's it's been harnessed well for the control of people and that's why so many uh, quote-unquote intelligent people, very intelligent people, have always been very dismissive, atheistic of, of the whole thing because they, they, they rankle at that idea. Of course, a lot of them come from a very, um, what you say, they, they are always high-conflict people and uh, very also they're usually from the wealthiest classes. So they're not, uh, they're, they don't absorb uh, rig- religiosity. They don't pretend to care about what other people' uh, faith or belief is. Their belief is uh, in their uh, in their own uh, agenda. <laughs> That's what their faith is in. It's, they don't they don't see the they don't see the universe the way any of us uh, do. Uh, and I'm, I'm been rambling for <laughs> 80 some odd minutes, but these are going to be some, uh, if I upload this down the road, uh, before everything kind of falls to crap, uh, just realize that, you know, I did these because I, I did these, uh, actually in 2022, I was a lot less, um, I was a lot more angry. I've been angry about a lot of things, but uh, I've kind of resisted that lately. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, I've talked for an hour and 22 minutes. Um, Be well. um, Go with God. and um, That is all we can uh, look for in the after, in uh, in, in our final moments to hopefully be aware enough to know that there is a there's if there is a better place so i'll leave it there for now thank you